0: Welcome to the pod for your mind and (laughs) body, Consciousness Explorers podcast. I'm your host, Tasha Schumann, and this is Jeff Warren.
1: Very good to be here. So today our guest is Lama Willa Blythe-Baker, who takes us through a very exploratory practice. This is truly the podcast for explorers, this episode in particular. She's got like a PhD from Harvard, has done like seven years of cloistered silent retreats, so she's serious on that front. And is a Buddhist teacher, author, translator. She is the founder of the Natural Dharma Fellowship in Boston and the Retreat Center Wonderwell Mountain Refuge in mm-hmm. Springfield, New Hampshire.
0: And she just wrote this incredible book called Wakeful Body, which we're going to talk a little bit about today.
1: Yeah, the book is sensational. She is sensational. We uh explore three different, I guess, layers of embodiment is how she would maybe talk about it. We end up in this exploration of awareness itself, this open-ended, non-dual place, which was, you know, literally indescribable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As you'll see in the in the episode, it took us a little to get around to putting it into words.
1: Yeah, and I think a couple of highlights, just to mention our discussion of challenging emotions and how to work with that and sort of what's realistic there. And then just this really interesting exploration of what waking down means. So mm-hmm. how to wake down into our lives. And then also get really practical, like how how
0: is it to sit in the body mind when you're experiencing something traumatic or, you know, what are the skills we can bring to that so that it we don't overwhelm ourselves. So it just kind of this conversation spanned so much and was really awesome for me.
1: It really did. I mean, this could basically be a resume for the Consciousness Explorers podcast in yeah, terms of totally. all the layers of things that we're interested in. So uh, enjoy enjoy
0: all right so today we have a very special guest Lama willow blythe baker here with us today to talk about among other things her new book wakeful body but also to lead us through some somatic practices so welcome very much on our show
2: oh thank you so much tasha it's so nice to be here nice to see you too jeff
1: great to see you here So can you say a little bit about the practice that you're going to guide so we have some context before we go into it?
2: Sure. Yes, I'm I'm a teacher in the Tibetan tradition of Buddhism, and I'm going to be guiding a practice that I'm calling Ground. It is a mnemonic that allows us to enter a space of embodied awareness, and even potentially wisdom, just through touching base with the teachings that the body is always conveying, but to which we rarely listen. Okay, a little bit about the practice. So this practice of ground is a mnemonic, and the steps that we're going to be going through in ground are ground. Relax, open, untangle, nurture, and dissolve. Those are keywords, and those keywords are reminding us what to do. The first two, G and R, ground and relax, are connecting us to the layer of embodiment um, that is the physical body, the earth body. The body that we think of as the flesh and blood body, connecting to that and finding wisdom in the earth body. The second two, OU, open, untangle, are reminding us to connect to a second layer of embodiment, the subtle body or the energy body, which is to say connecting to our body, not just as a flesh and blood body, but also as a field of energy through which impulses and sensations are coursing, and and vibrating, uh, connecting to our body on that kind of a level, and tuning in to this vibratory aliveness that is also the body.
0: I liked how in your book you called the subtle body the subjective experience of having a nervous system or of being in the nervous system. I thought that was like so.
1: The body within the body.
2: Mm -hmm. The body within the body, the subtle body, the layer, to use a poet's terms, the body electric, right? Mm -hmm. To be in the body electric and to experience our body as an energy light field. The third layer of embodiment that we're touching into in this meditation ground connects to the last two letters of the mnemonic, nurture and dissolve nurture and dissolve are reminding us to connect to this third layer of embodiment which is awareness or some might say consciousness like in the con when i heard the name of your podcast consciousness (laughs) explorers i thought oh third layer of embodiment which is where my my mind Uh is going these days that that consciousness or awareness is embodied and we can experience awareness through every part of our embodied life. Um, We can experience awareness in our feet. We can experience awareness in our knees. We can experience consciousness in our belly. We can experience it in our heart and that all of these parts of what we would think of as the body are vibrating with or uh, permeated with an awareness that is aware of its own being. And, and when we really tap into that third layer of embodiment, there is this sense of dissolving that happens naturally, where the boundaries between body and mind, between self and world fall away. When we're resting in awareness, aware of itself itself those boundaries fall away. And I know that sounds a little bit mysterious, may sound a little bit mysterious. I think it's hard to conceptualize what it's like when boundaries dissolve. When we try to talk about non-duality, language fails, really. Mm -hmm. It's it's an experience beyond language. And in fact, in meditation, that's really what we're doing, right? Is getting to an experience beyond language. Mm -hmm. So ground.
1: All right. So uh now your the invitation is to do this standing or sitting. Do you uh, I think I'm gonna That's try right. to stand for it. All
2: right. Let's try it standing if you can and it can be done sitting, it can be done laying down. So no matter what your situation is, I'm gonna stand.
0: <laughs> Jeff, have you been working out? You look jacked. <laughs> Not really <laughs> <laughs>
2: so now that you're in place at this moment I'm standing we're going to begin this practice of ground by coming down from the thinking mind into the feeling body And the way that you might experience that is if your mind, so to speak, were a handful of salt and your body was a vase of warm water, releasing the mind to dissolve all over the body, like salt dissolves all over a vase of warm water. And then from that place, of body-mind unity coming down to the base of your body with your attention to the place where the soles of your feet contact the earth. Sensing into this body's solidity, stability, groundedness. feeling how the earth below is supporting you, this earth body. Allow this body's groundedness, To show this mind how to stabilize solid, stable, grounded. From that grounded attention, that grounded place, allow your attention to move up through the ankles, the calves. the knees. Thighs. Moving up into your lower belly. And as you reach the lower belly, Taking a deep breath in and a deep exhale sing inside yourself the word relax. And with a few deep belly breaths, letting that word permeate your body. Feeling the little places of tension in the torso, the chest, the back, and shoulders. Feeling those little places of tension releasing a little more with each uh, breath. feeling the earth body relax. Now allowing attention to float up, from the belly area into the heart and we're moving from here to the subtle body and remembering the instruction for the subtle body is open Beginning with the heart, feeling the chest expanding, lifting, feeling the sense of your heart opening out like a blooming lotus. opening the eyes, opening the ears, opening the senses, feeling the energy body coming alive as this all over, feeling of vibratory awakeness open. Next instruction for the subtle body is untangle. Untangling just means noticing now that we've connected to this energy body, this subtle sense of vibratory aliveness pervading your body from your head to your toes. You may notice parts of the energy body that are constricted, the residue of your day, the residue of your morning or of your week, very much connected to the emotions. Just noticing what is present with full openness and curiosity. Whether that's anxiety, residue, or depression, uncertainty, struggle, whatever's there, just making space, breathing self compassion around that, and inviting it to be here, now, to practice with you. Untangling from the push and the pull, from the suppressing, avoiding, labeling, and just making space is untangling. being present with whatever is, is untangling. Now moving from the energy body to the third layer of embodiment, the awareness body, we begin to contact the awareness body by moving up from the heart into the head and the eyes, and opening the eyes out, gazing with soft, loving awareness on whatever is present without. Narrowing the gaze down on any one thing. This eye gaze is the same as our mind gaze. No grasping, no pushing away. Resting in loving awareness through the window of the eyes. Nurture loving awareness. Feeling the separation between mind and body dissolve. And as you reach dissolve, Having the sense of awareness opening out all over the body, beyond the body, and into the world without limit or boundary. Dissolve. the separation between self and world dissolve. The concept even of practice Dissolve Grounded, Relaxed, Open, Untangled, Nurtured. His off
0: Now I just want to stand here forever. <laughs> I want to sit back down.
1: <laughs> I was thinking, gonna have like a 10 minute silence there where my consciousness is <laughs> spread thin <laughs> around across reality. Like, oh. <laughs> You're welcome to kick things off, Tasha, if you like, or I can try to.
0: For me, it was really impactful to stand on the feet and made it much more vibrant and alive and sitting, you know, it's kind of, you're set up for this posture that's not rigid, but, you know, you're not really wiggling that much. And I found standing, I was just swaying and as our attention was kind of moving up the body and opening up, I was just allowing it. It felt so good, just like gentle movement of the hand and like I was kind of like a tree like I was just swaying in this breeze and you know allowing the body to do whatever it felt like
1: yeah I also really enjoyed the invitation to stand in the ground got into the feet I loved the the cue around you know what can the mind learn from the body in terms of the the kind of grounded stability and I felt that sort of lock in and then the the relaxation, uh, the invitation to kind of unwind these knots of the day. The opening was really impactful, just using the eyes as the kind of beginning of the opening and then moving it all down through, just this sort of sweep of letting everything be here. And then just very naturally, what arose was becoming aware of these small entanglements, which, of course, was the next cue. And uh, These subtle things I didn't even realize I was bringing with me uh, I could feel something in the heart that just mm-hmm. letting it be there, this some um, line of contraction. I noticed my own desire to want to control the proceedings somehow or to manage things, you know, as the as one of the hosts it was, it was oh yeah, okay, that's here. And it was sort of in the face and there was a it was like this little mini seizure, but not a problem because <laughs> yeah. of the, the way you invited it in as just this is just so what's here. I didn't need to change it, and I could see that little pranic (laughs) or subtle body coagulation. Um, and then that just naturally went so perfectly into the next, again, the invitation to open the eyes and brought me into this vivid sense of awareness. And that include the awareness included the body. And then it got very non-dual. I could see my mind coming up, trying to find a word or words to articulate it Mm -hmm. as it was happening. And I just let that go. And one of the primary senses was just a sense of not knowing. I, I didn't even know where the boundaries were, or where I where I was. And, you know, your voice was so hypnotic and slow. It was sort of, some, it just supported that thing so much. And then I, I was just, don't even know how much time passed and I heard your bell and that's my report. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had a lot
0: of the same experiences. And, you know, you said you had the experience of kind of not knowing, getting to that space of, everything kind of blending together. And then for me, it was like, not really like a not knowing, but a not needing to know. There was something that was very childlike about it. Like I felt very connected to that childlike body of moving intuitively and being intuitively, you know? So there was Mm -hmm. like this movement in my body. There was not really like a location, like a center of where I am inside here. It was kind of like, everything was playful. Like the wall was playful. I'm looking at the wall and I was like, Mm -hmm. You know, there was no real separation. It was like, uh, it was kind of like, you know, like I'm the wall looking at me, me looking at the wall. And it was all joyful, just kind of like a wellspring of joy. And I I think the other thing, too, is, you know, this is a very strong, like, pointing out instruction, but done so differently than it's normally done. Like in a Dzogchen context, usually it's like you're going to sit and you have the eyes open and it's diffuse and you're kind of allowing, you know, attention to seep out the eyes and just be everywhere. But for most people, that prompt makes them kind of do this thing where they're searching for what they're supposed to find. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're sitting there with the eyes open and you're like, okay, I'm diffuse. I'm gonna get Zogchen or I'm gonna get this state of Zen. And you're kind of there is this kind of gnawing yeah. or scrambling for what is this thing that they keep talking mm-hmm. about I'm supposed to get, you know? And in this sense, it just happened like it just became. It wasn't you don't search for it. It just emerges from the body from what's going on, so it's very immediate.
2: Yeah, you know, that irony is that it's the only by giving up the search mm. that you find what you're looking for, and we can't find it because it's already present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's true with the wisdom of the body. There is a process of discovery, but the wisdom is already happening. So we're discovering something that's already operative. And in some ways that's a great relief because it means we don't have to manufacture some mm-hmm. special state of peace.
1: And that's right. Well, actually I wanted to um, ask something about that or make a comment about that because you know, I, as part of this experience we just had, towards the end, I was in this real state of spaciousness and really strong equanimity and sense of space. And early on in my days as a practitioner, I thought, oh, this is it. I need to get back to this state. And at various times in my practice, I'd get back to the state or I'd get back to it a little bit differently. It would be a little different. And and it took me a long time to understand that it wasn't the state, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it was, you know, the way I would articulate it. And I'd be curious how you might describe it. It's more like it's what I know to be true about who I am in that moment. That is what is that is what the heart of it is and the and the and because i know this to be true of myself there is a profound relaxing that then leads to or induces that spaciousness but the spaciousness itself is is more like a symptom or i don't know what the word is it's like a secondary effect of the way i relaxed in my understanding mm-hmm. does that is that make sense or how how would i'm curious how you might articulate that
2: that makes so much sense and what it's reminding me of is how important trust is in this process of experiencing the the fruit of our meditation practice. Mm-hmm. That, and and I'm not talking about trust in a teacher or a guru or a principle or a doctrine, mm-hmm. but trust in the, in your deepest experience and that what you're discovering. When the boundaries dissolve is your deepest possible experience of what's true
1: mm-hmm.
2: what's true for for you uh what's not what's true in an objective sense, but what's true from your subjective touching into a vastness that is already present mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and that's something that we talk about a lot you know in consciousness explorers it's like Practicing how to be your own teacher in a certain way, you're kind of triangulating between outside help and then trying it out. And then that trust is the being your own is saying this experience. I don't need someone to really explain it to me. I'm going to dig into it some more and find what's there and trust. That I'm not crazy, <laughs>
1: right? But it's weird because it's like the confidence. It's yeah, you're learning to have confidence in what you're being shown, and yet what you're being shown is subtle and at the, or it's counterintuitive in some way. So how do you have confidence in a thing that isn't quite authoritative yet in the rest of your experience?
0: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you like know. you've you've had a glimpse of it or a taste of mm-hmm. it, and yeah, it kind of goes against all of your conditioning. So you're trying to uncondition yourself and and see in this new way.
2: Right, right. See without a seer. Yeah, you know, that's really not something we were ever taught was a, was even a thing, you know, in our sort of Western educational system, that you could see without a seer, or that you could enter a non-conceptual space. Mm-hmm. Even that that's a profound discovery. Uh, and when you know when you're exploring consciousness, when you're exploring the body too, the body is so non-conceptual. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. if we want to know what are the wisdoms of the body, you know, one of those wisdoms is that the body, while the mind is thinking and processing and creating all these stories, the body is unstoried. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's carrying your history. Mm-hmm. It does carry our traumas and our nervous system. It's carried, carrying them. But there is a lot of the body that is just spontaneously present. Mm -hmm. Uh, spontaneously present and it's not trying to do anything and it's not, has no agendas. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to that, Oh, my body has no agendas and it's not conceptual. Mm -hmm. It can teach the mind that's okay to be that way. You can be that way. You know, and i and for the for the purposes of of seeing like sometimes when I listen to myself speaking, I'm like what but the body and mind have never been separate, so even the fact that I'm saying mm-hmm. body and mind, mm-hmm. but in our experience, it seems like there's a mind and there's a body, so sometimes just mm-hmm. for the perspective of experience, it's okay to say that your body is teaching your mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but ultimately, what your body teaches your mind is that we've never been separate mm-hmm. me body and me mind mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And even, you know, that the body carries our history with us, it's carrying it now. It's right here right now. So it's not even the story of the past. It's just where the past has led us. It's like, even in carrying our history, the body is still present. You know, it's like something that I'm I'm always trying to, when I teach dream yoga, and I'm teaching students, you know, how to bring that uh, lucidity that they might find in, in a lucid dream into daily life. And that's one of the examples that I give is that, you know, the body gives us what it has right now. And that might be from past experiences or trauma. But it's like, what do we make that mean? What is this dreamlike kind of story that we're putting on top of it? You know, and just peeling that back and being like, this is where my trajectory has led me. It's like right here. It's Even that is present.
2: There's a concept in Tibetan practice of the illusory body. Mm-hmm. You, you may know this is one of the practices that goes along with dream yoga is this practice of our body as being like a rainbow appearing in space. And that's another element that the body has as it's uh, teaching for us is that it does appear in the here and now, and it's also in flow. It's always in flow as soon as we try to pin it down as a thing we see that actually it's much deeper than just being a, a fixed thing it, it isn't a fixed thing mm. the more we pay attention to the body we know we notice how unfixed it is and it can help us get in touch with that dreamlike nature of phenomena mm. just by noticing my body is 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 this rainbow body it is a it is a body of light and energy and space and sometimes i'd like to think about What would it be like if we could take our awareness and go all the way down to the subatomic level and see what is our body truly? Mm -hmm. Our body is just waves and space. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. And
0: whoa. Yeah, that's like the most incredible thing to sit with that. It's a dream Mm -hmm. body.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is such an important perspective. And it's so fun to try to connect to that as you're moving through the world in the sense of that you're in that unfolding flow and at the same time, that unfolding flow can be really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and I guess we're sort of backing up, moving from this uh awareness now into talking about the subtle body a little bit. And I think over the years of meditating, I'm hyper aware of the subtle body, of the all the flows of emotional of mood and energy and um and at times the simple paying attention to it has actually made it worse the instruction to just open with the energies of what's there is as i open there i guess is some kind of subtle entanglement still happening it just shoots me into hypomania or some of the other challenges i've had Mm -hmm. And, and it's taken years and years to figure out how to work with that and i just wondered if you know this is just opens a whole kind of discussion around you know i'm not alone in this you know it's the most common thing ever to sit down with our experience of being a body in a body that energetic body and all of a sudden what's under the surface is there and, and a lot of that for a lot of us it's our traumas and mm-hmm. and we can't hold the space for those so anything about that that um, you want to say and i know it's a big conversation yeah. but yeah
2: fantastic no i'm so glad you brought up that element of the subtle body that when we start paying attention to the subtle body and even or let's even make it simpler When we start meditating,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: everything that we've ever experienced will come to visit again. Mm -hmm. We're making space. We're really making so much space and we're being with the self. We're being with the relative self. And... Even more so when you have an embodied practice and you're making a practice of consciously bringing attention down into different parts of your body or into the whole body or into the subtle body, the energy body, like we just did, untangling, even using a word like untangling invites us to be suddenly pay attention to the residue of what's present. All of that's going to come to visit. So that is one of the most profound things about meditation that it makes the space for us to see what's really there and then to deal with it, to learn how to cope, to learn how to uh, befriend is my word, my favorite word, learn how to befriend what is difficult in the mm-hmm. self. And I do have a suggestion or, or, a, or a recommendation for when those moments happen, the trick of befriending is to make a lot of room and space for whatever's arising and to to recognize first that we have strategies for uh, how we usually encounter those energies so look let's take an energy of anxiety this low level anxiety in the self or in the body that i encounter when i'm sitting on the cushion or when i'm standing and doing the practice of ground my usual relationship to that would be to suppress, to avoid, escape, soothe, um, fix. Our strategies are to do something to make it go away, and and that actually, ironically, is the problem: that we don't need to make it go away. That if we befriend it in a way that is skillful and slow, it will self-liberate. We don't have to make our anxiety be liberated it will self liberate when it feels safe enough with us that we've made room for it it will subside on its own so there are five steps that i recommend as a way into befriending and those steps are to pause when you notice something there you notice that sense of i'm i'm not i'm uneasy uh the mania is coming or the or the fear is coming or the anxiety is coming or the depression is coming And you can feel it in your subtle body to pause. So uh, that means just to stop what you're doing and to turn attention there. Number two is notice. Um, What does noticing mean? So not just noticing what's happening in my mind. What are my stories that are making me feel anxious? What is the script? That's not notice. And noticing is noticing how it is arising in the body. Because we've trained a lot in working with the mind, all of our cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> uh, trainings, or if we've been in therapy, we we have trainings for what to do with the thoughts, or not to believe the thoughts, or to rescript the thoughts. But there's another way we can address that, and that is from the bottom up instead of from the top down. So noticing is noticing where is my emotion in my body? Oh, it's this constriction of the heart. Because then actually we start to identify what this is, is it's an energy. It's a knot. Our energy is knotted somewhere in in our subtle body or in our nervous system. Um, History is lodged there and it's a knot. So noticing where's the knot in the body. Third, breathe. Um, Breathe space around that knot. And that's then we're starting into a practice of inhaling, making room for around that knot. And then fourth, surround, once you've breathed space, surround that knot with loving attention. So you've breathed space around it, and then you pour your loving attention into that space. And that loving attention, thats that maybe for most people is the most challenging thing initially, because we may not have developed a loving attention yet. We may not have discovered a loving attention yet. It's actually innate to who we are, but we may not have discovered the loving attention. So at first, we we're like, where's my loving attention? But, but one way I like to work with that is if you think of your knot, kind of personify it. My beautiful monster is the way one <laughs> of my teachers, totally. Sonia Rinpoche, talks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, hold your knot as your beautiful monster. And then you can love it and then mm-hmm. surround it with your loving attention, just like you'd love a little gremlin. It's <laughs> my little gremlin. I'm <laughs> going to exactly love my little gremlin.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> I always just imagine it as a kitten. Like a mm. little kitten oh. that, like, just you know, you couldn't help but give it your love. <laughs> I
1: like the um. I always think, can I live with this the rest of my life? In other words, can I have? Can I truly accept it without any subtle agenda? That in the accepting, I'm hope that I'm hoping that will get rid of it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you're one eye open accepting. You're like, yeah, I accept you. Are you gone yet? Yeah. <laughs> Are you gone Except yet? I accept you,
0: but you have about 15 minutes. You're yeah. Like 15 minutes before you got to so go. <laughs>
1: like, can I just be with this? I welcome this thing forever and ever and mm-hmm. i know sometimes i need to back off mm-hmm. i need to just open my eyes and reground my resources cuz it's just too fierce right now in there
2: yeah very very similar strategy to to what i've been working with too yeah yeah and then um just for the sake of those five steps pause notice breathe surround and befriend and that that's the last one and befriending is just what you described having having that attitude that um, if it's your friend, you don't want it to go away. You can't, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, getting rid of the agenda to make it go away, but actually be like, yeah, come and have tea with me. And, you know, one thing that really helps me a lot with the befriend is remembering that if you didn't have this anxiety or you didn't have this beautiful monster, how would you have, how would you relate to others that have that beautiful monster? Mm -hmm. How would you find empathy for them? if you didn't have it yourself. So actually it's a kind of a blessing to be a mess sometimes.
1: (laughs) It's mind-blowingly mature what you're asking. (laughs) It's like, can you actually accept this true human being that you are? All the hard things, all the good things, whatever is here, can you really live with that as your baseline? Yeah. You know, it's very hard to say yes to that.
0: And the thing that I encounter the most, you know, when people are touching into this, or even when I'm touching into this for myself, is this like lack of trust that you can do it. You know, you're going in okay, I'm gonna do these five steps. And then something comes that overwhelms, you know, and before you can even give it that loving kindness or that loving attention, you just kind of recoil because there isn't trust that you can hold it, that you're strong enough or capable enough or whatever it is. And, you know, for a lot of people that's they're like, Well, I tried meditation and it's not for me, you know, <laughs> because of that lack of just of surety that you can do it. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. And there is a time for it. And there are times when the, when the irons are too hot, mm-hmm. you can't hold the irons. And then, then you just have to, have to wait a little bit, mm-hmm. give it some time, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like our traumas aren't real at all. They happen yeah. to mm-hmm. us. And then we really have to, have to be gentle. Or get know, other forms of support so, yeah. too. Yeah. Maybe for Mm -hmm. me, there was a time
1: Mm -hmm. in my life, and and it comes around where I'm. I need some extra support with this. I need to Mm -hmm. work with a trauma therapist or some someone who can help hold the space with me. Um,
0: Absolutely. They're all. It's like all little things in our toolbox, right? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So this, you know, your book really, um, Willa. It's about waking down, and there's a line that I love that you say early on. You say the path of waking down. Does not transcend, it metabolizes. So, which is very vivid. So, for our listeners, what do you want to say about how to metabolize down, how to wake down, how to think about this as they take it with them into their day, whether it's practice? Like, what do they need to know? Uh, In addition to all the amazing stuff we just did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, the pa- a path of waking down is a path of beginning to notice that you are a, an organic living being and that you don't have to fix that, mm-hmm. but that it's enough to gradually meet yourself as you are. And to trust that the wisdoms that you need are already present in your body-mind. And we were just talking uh, before we got on the podcast, um, Tasha and I, about this term body-mind, mm-hmm. right? That actually maybe what we need to wake down really is to, to begin to dissolve the separation between body and mind and to live more, you know, more integrated life in that way. And and you can see, we can see in our own lives, the way that we get caught up in the head or in the, in the space of thinking, 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 and trusting or believing our thoughts. Mm-hmm. That actually, what if we started to believe our body more than our thoughts, or to learn to trust, to trust that there are wisdoms, there um you know our prefrontal cortex does not have all the answers the prefrontal <laughs> cortex has gotten us as a society as a culture into so much trouble don't tell the oh, neuroscientists my goodness. that <laughs> right now right? <laughs> yeah we be outlawed. so uh, it's it's an amazing machine our our brains mm. are amazing machines but the, but there's a a wisdom to to the body and 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 an inseparability between body and mind and then and the waking down is to come into that truth. You know, I, I used to think and early on in my in my life of meditating that our meditation practice was about transcending mm-hmm. our suffering, was about getting out of samsara, getting mm-hmm. out of uh the pain of existence, escaping the pain of existence. And in fact, even uh the, the words of the sutras are sometimes worded that way. But I've come over time and really through the through the Buddha's wisdom to trust my own experience. And, and in my own experience, I don't know that freedom is found in, in escaping from what we are and who we are and how we are, that, that freedom is found in metabolizing our pain skillfully. Um, that is, is using the energy of our emotions and creating a constructive way of channeling them and unleashing that energy and not demonizing the energy, but seeing it as pure in the way that we see a a hurricane as pure. Mm. The storms yeah. are going to rage through this human this human existence. The storms are going to come from the outside and they are going to come from the inside. and that peace is not found in escape. Peace is found in process. So that's what I meant by waking down to begin to embrace that we are in process and to embrace our entire body-mind as a as a natural phenomena and 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 loving it into freedom instead of um judging it into freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh that was so freaking beautiful. <laughs> 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 I think that's not a bad place to wrap up our discussion. Uh, I I
0: have so many things that I still want to ask. We'll have to get her on again (laughs) because there's (laughs) just like
1: we barely we barely scratch the surface here. Yeah. I
0: have like all I have just like this list of quotes that I love from the book and I was like had them all written down just in case I could bring them up. So we'll definitely have to have you on again. So before we finish I just always love to you know you're such an amazing person and want to give our listeners ways to connect with you and see what you're doing You know, we've already talked about um, The Wakeful Body, your new book, which I think everyone should check out. But is there any other ways that people can practice with you or continue this, you know, this kind of uh, embodied practice with you?
2: Well, um, yes, I do offer some courses on The Wakeful Body. I'll be offering a course this year. It's a six-month course that will go through ground one part per month, G-R-O-U-N-D, and a month devoted to each of those mnemonics. Uh, that will be using the book uh, as its resource. So please feel free to join me for that. Awesome. Um, my website is naturaldarmafellowship.org. And I also have helped to found a retreat center up in New Hampshire called Wonderwell Mountain Refuge. And you're always welcome to come join me there, especially uh, once retreats are back in full swing.
0: Awesome. You will see me there. Thank I'm going to come. you. Oh, great.
1: Well, Lama Willa, thank you so much. Uh, what a pleasure it was to spend yes, time with thank you, you so and much. to practice with you.
2: Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks, Tasha. It's so good to meet you. And I look forward to
0: meeting you in person one day. Yes, <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: To be continued.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like this episode, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. See you next week for a whole new adventure.